Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. It's time for the big announcement. We've been cranking out free audio fiction every month for over four years now, and so far we've had great success. But we need to improve. We need to grow bigger. Untold Podcast has been a personal project of mine, but I've taken it as far as I can on my own with my own finances. So starting today, we're launching a Patreon page where you can sign up to become a supporter of the Untold Podcast. Now don't worry, the podcast is still going to remain free, but if you want to see us do more of what we're doing faster, better, with higher quality, you definitely need to sign up. We have goodies for our supporters, but more than that, you can become a patron of good Christian storytelling. But our goals with the Patreon account isn't to just cover our expenses. Oh no. Once we hit a certain threshold, we want to begin paying our artists. But I don't want to stop there. I want to reach the point where we can pay artists industry standards for short stories. Our little project already has the potential and production quality to go toe-to-toe with some of the big names out there. And I'm not just talking in the Christian industry. But what's holding us back is the fact that we're not able to pay artists industry standards. That changes today. We currently have four fundraising goals on our Patreon page. The first goal is to receive $20 a month. $20 is our monthly running expenses. We need to hit this goal to keep the lights on and maintain what we're doing. The second goal is $45 a month. This level of support will allow us to invest in real audio software that raises production quality and speeds up the entire process. Right now, I'm using two separate programs and frankly, I have to do a lot of cheating to make things work. Equalizing is particularly frustrating. I have to set the levels, then go back and turn each and every sound effect back on. And usually after I render a project, I find one or two that turn themselves back off and I have to go back and recut the scene and listen to the drama again several times. This will save me a load of time, helping me to do more of it faster and better. Good software (laughs) would really help. Our third goal is to raise $55 a month. At this level of support, we will be able to pay all the artists working with us, from the composers to visual designers to the authors and anyone else involved with an episode. The fourth goal is $417 a month. At this level, we'll be able to pay artists industry standards for their work. Now, I know it sounds like a lot, but if all of our listeners chipped in $1 a month, we'd have more than enough to meet this goal, probably double it easily. There's several layers of support over at the Patreon page. Support levels range from $1 a month to $50 a month. (laughs) Hey, you never know, right? They all come with a thank you gift, and hopefully soon all supporters will gain access to some exclusive content that only they can hear or see. I won't belabor the support levels, just head over to our Patreon page and sign up to be a battle dwarf, a paladin, a viking king, a green dragon, or the elusive war War unicorn. That's right, I said war War unicorn. There's a great video there, too. Just click on the link at the show notes or head over to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com, and search for Untold Podcast. 
You may have even noticed that we've updated our logo. It's awesome, and we're hoping to feature it on t-shirts and other items in the near future. So moving on, we're at the end of the Advent season, where we simultaneously prepare to commemorate the birth of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as well as anticipate his second Advent, his second coming. So with that, we have another great gift for you, dear listeners. Another story by show favorite Carol McDonald. You'll recall several of her short stories. Black is the color of my true love's hair in episode 38, the gleaners in episode 39, and a thing of beauty in episode 45. Carol McDonald holds a BA in literature from SUNY Purchase and is a writer of Christian, supernatural, and ethnic stories. Her writings appear in various Christian, speculative fiction, and ethnic anthologies. McDonald is a Jamaican-American writer of Christian, speculative fiction, and multicultural stories. She is the author of The Constant Tower, My Life as an Onion, Spirit Fruit, and Wind Follower, which was nominated for the Clive Staple Award for Christian Speculative Fiction. And she just released The Daughters of Men, The Nephilim Universe Book One, and the anthology Turn Back, O Time, and Other Tales of the Phase of Malku. You can find her online at www.darkparables.blogspot.com and carolmcdonald.blogspot.com. As always, head over to the show notes for direct links. I am once again honored to have Carol McDonald on the show. I've gushed about her before, and I'll do it again. She brings an utterly unique perspective to her writing and taps into some very real places that we, the listener, need to go. Our story today is narrated by Stephen Mosley. Today's story originally appeared in the short story anthology Spirit Fruit by Carol McDonald, and it's available through audible.com. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast is proud to present The People of the Dark Mirror by Carol McDonald. I'm on my way by road and rail to visit my father in the Northlands. I'm hoping he will love and accept me. Where my father lives, there are few mirror people. Because of this, we are an object of fear to some, an object of magic to others. In the cities, things are somewhat different. My father is not of the dark mirror people. When he was younger, he was a traveling singer. He and his troupe traveled from region to region, praising the joys of love, truth, and sex. He met my mother on one of those journeys and lay with her. He hardly knew her name, like so many other women, she liked the thought of lying with a great and famous minstrel. And one night, when those who came to listen to his songs had all left, she spoke to the keeper of the door, and he let her in. She stayed there all night, and in the morning, she rose up and left. She said he was kind to her, although he did not know her name. A month later, she became pregnant. She told him, and he told her to get rid of it. The child was created from a whiskey bottle, he said, and not from love. I could not love it. He said he could not love it because she was not loved, but my mother heard, I cannot love this child because it will be, like you, one of the dark mirror people. In my country, perhaps I should say in my world, the most universally hated people are the dark mirror people. My mother told me all this, but I am not repeating her words without adding my own experience to them. I know that she speaks truth. Wherever I have traveled, whether in the east, the south, or the west, I have withered under the glares of those who loathe my people, and I have seen what the news carriers say, 
and what is shown on the scrolls that fly across the skies, broadcasting their lies everywhere. In all places, we dark mirrored people are hated. Why, you will ask, do all men loathe my people? I will give you the answer, strange as it might seem, and you may not believe it. It is this. When they look at us, they can see the evils in their own soul. Their shadow passes before their own eyes, and they see in us what they hate and fear in their own hearts. When they speak of us, the other tribes say among themselves, Surely the dark people of that dark continent have dark thoughts, thoughts people such as we do not have. Can such a thing be? Yes, I tell you, it can. They hate us, and yet oftentimes consider us a magical free people. We have our own homeland, of course, but that land is so destroyed, so bereft that I myself would not want to return there. Here, among strangers, is my home. I was born here. This place is my homeland. Why should I return to a strange continent because it was the land of my ancestors? Why should I flee this place because people fear to look at me? I am alone now. All in my family have died. My people are dying also. And so... I'm visiting my father because it would be good and lovely for me to have a father who loves me. Why am I alone? I will tell you. My people used to live in our own land, but that was long ago. When travelers from the east and the north discovered our land, they were surprised to see that such people as we existed. They looked on us and saw their own evil, believing that evil to be our own. They would not listen when we told them those thoughts were not in our hearts, but in theirs. How? They asked among themselves, for our thoughts and words were of no value to them. Can these people say these evil thoughts are ours? We do not think thoughts so dark. We are pure, clean, white, industrious people. Such evil is not in us. They did not believe that the gift the Creator had given us was a blessing to us and that we were placed on earth to show the people of other lands their own hearts. They saw our dances and heard our music and said, See the evil in their dark hearts? Having determined that we were evil to look upon, evil to know, evil to speak of, they thought it their true burden to enlighten us and to take our green land from us. Our land was green then, and our many kings ruled on thrones of gold, ivory, amber, and ebony. We were a numerous people, hardy, strong, and hard-working, but we were also a fierce people, arguing among ourselves. We were not united, and in the end, the strangers overcame us, took our land, and sent many of us, including my ancestors, to their own country to enslave us. But even here, they intended to war against us until there was none of us left. Again, I know you will say that war is a common thing and that I'm being insular, thinking only about the harm done to my people. Full well I know that when this nation was created, another suffering tribe lived here. They were the first people of this land. The people who enslaved us had conquered them, but our oppressors did not enslave those first peoples. They destroyed them and gathered them to far-off desert places. I grieve for those people. Yet, I grieve more for my people, the dark mirror people.
The first tribe of this land were also Marys, the conquerors who saw their dark selves when they looked on those people. Yet, those first tribes were hated and loathed only by our conquerors, not by people in all the world. They were not as dark as we were. How could they have been? But my people have been hated for our supposed darkness by all cultures for centuries. What nation has ever, in the course of all history, all the world decreed death against it? I know of only one other nation, and they are people even more strange, more cursed, and more blessed than my own. So, I'm not being narrow. I seek only to speak about the hurt of the daughters of my people. I honor and love all men, but I will not speak as if all suffering is alike, because not all suffering is alike. And I will not speak about the suffering of other people when the suffering of the dark mirror people, my own people, is such a unique devastation. When my mother heard my father sing, she said to herself, What truth and joy and light come from his words? She traveled far and near to hear him. She begged the keepers at the door to let her enter. When he saw her, he smiled and jested her to his bed. This was what singers did in the old days. This was in the days before the sex disease decimated the land. The days when men and women would lie down together with pregnancy their only fear. I have heard it rumored among our people that the oppressors created the self-same sex disease. This I do not believe. Although it became the chief cause of death of our young women, yes, how powerful that disease was. My mother said that when she lay with my father, he was kind to her, but he became cruel when she found out she had become pregnant. He did not want children. He said the world was sad, and he would not willingly bring any children into it. He said the oppressors had created harsh and unfair laws that our young men were in prison for things great and small, that young men of all tribes were sent off to fight ignoble wars, that people were taught to love things and not people, that all that time our oppressors were proclaiming their own beauty and their own goodness. I think my father has a noble and good soul. I think perhaps he was as brave as his songs were brave, but perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps he did not want to have a child with a woman from my mother's people. My mother said that when my father looked at her, he did not see dark thoughts. She said he did not see the magical thoughts either. He thought of us as real people, like himself, like all the other tribes. He did not think of us as happy, simple people who sang even our trials. He did not think us as evil. She says he would look directly at her, and when he looked at her, he did not see his dark soul, but her truest and deepest heart. My mother said he was not one who would hang our men in trees. When she lied dying, she said to me, I don't want you to be alone in this world, daughter. Go and find your father. He will look at you and see no dark thoughts. I told her, Perhaps, or if he sees dark thoughts, perhaps he knows they are his own fears and projections. This I said because many of our male oppressors look upon our women and saw their own dark thoughts, thoughts they did not see when they lay with their own women, whom they said they worshipped. At the same time, when they looked at our men, they saw their own dark thoughts reflected in them. They accused our young men of wanting to steal their pure women. 
Nevertheless, they lusted after all women. I myself have been the object of their lust many times, but I have kept myself pure from all men. I want my father to love me. He thought deeply of things, my father. I have listened to his songs being broadcasted, the flying scrolls. I think my father will like me, even if he did not like me when I was in my mother's womb, even if he only looked at me once, even if all he sent my mother was a pink blanket at my birth. I do not think he was hateful, only afraid. And as I have said, my mother was a stranger to him. One night and one morning was all he spent with her. But let me tell you how I came to be born, although my father wanted my mother to kill me. One of our oppressors, a woman not of our people, angry that our people still continued to birth many children, even in our suffering, came and spoke to the leaders of our people. She told them of our people's poverty. She told them of our right to a better life. She said, You people are no longer enslaved, but you enslave yourself with all your many children. She asked, How can you have a happy life if you are burdened down with feeding and caring for your children? She said, Should you not kill these children while they are yet in your wombs? But to the people of her own tribe, she said, let us bring this evil to them as a kind of good. Let them destroy themselves and their population dwindle. These dark ones breed too much. In those days, it is even like this now, they segregated us. Each city was divided into two. Our people lived on one side, our oppressors on another, separate but equal. Schools existed for my people and for their people. Our eateries were on one side, theirs on the other. Our oppressors even created great underground pipes that brought water into our city fountains. Although the water came from the same place, we had our own fountains and they had theirs. But our oppressors built edifices in our towns, bloodhouses where we read scrolls which told why our children should be killed bloodhouses where we could come and have our children killed in our wombs. They did not have bloodhouses in their own towns. At the same time, they built in our town stores that sold fermented drinks to seduce our young men to imbibe and destroy themselves. Many of our weakened hearkened to them and killed their own children. But my mother did not. She loved my father, and I would be her memento to her night with him. That's why she called me memory. Strangely, however, when she speaks of him, her memory often appears faulty because one day she will say one thing of him and the next day another. I cannot say how true this love was. When she spoke of it, it always seemed to be a kind of worship, not love. I have sometimes thought that my mother did not truly love the men of our tribe. She has denied this, but I feel it to be true. Our people are often filled with self-loathing. Many of them hate themselves. I believe this is the fault of our oppressors. Our young men have killed each other, and many of them are in prison. Our young girls kill their babies or themselves. Our people are dying. I know it is because the oppressors have taught us to hate ourselves. I too have found it difficult to look at myself in actual mirrors or in the mirrors of my people's eyes. But I am going to my father. I have kept my heart pure. I hope my father will love me and not see evil in me. The bleak gray snow of the Dakotas fly by. Soon I will arrive at my father's ranch.
He has written that he's expecting me. He said nothing of love, but I'm trusting he will love me. The End And that was our story. I hope you liked it. Carol told me this was a story that people either loved or hated. Either way, I hope you take those strong emotions and ponder deeply. Be sure to check out Spirit Fruit by Carol McDonald for more great speculative fiction short stories, as well as her ever-growing library of literature. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, and tell your friends. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, head over to our Patreon page, head over to our Patreon page, head over to our Patreon page! 